Welcome to Notorious Minds, a space where you can be yourself, love yourself, and get to know yourself. And sometimes we'll say the things that people think and never say, but that's okay. So come on in and take a listen because I'm about to put you on. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Notorious Moms, the podcast. I am here with Phil, my guest. Hello, guest. Hello. Good morning. Good evening, everybody. How are you? Well, he said good morning, good evening, because he is in Korea. And it is, what time is it? Uh, At the time of recording, 7.03 in the morning, Korean Standard Time. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. So good evening to me. Good morning to you. Yeah. <laughs> so Phil, um, tell the people who you are, what you do. Uh, so my name's Phil, but I go by the Blur Explorer on TikTok and IG. Uh, I'm a black travel influencer. Uh, I wrote two travel guides for black people, for black and brown folk called the Black Travel's Guide to uh, Incheon, South Korea, and to, for Daegu, South Korea. Nice. So where did this come from? Like what, what made you want to start to to do this? Uh, well, I kind of always wanted, well, before coming to Korea back in 20, uh, late 2015, early 2016, um, I was, you know, doing research about, you know, what's it like to live in another country as a black person, right? And also looking at different, like, travel content creators, and I know it's like, most of these content creators, um, articles about living Korea, mostly came from a white perspective, right? Right. And don't get me wrong, this, they have some good material, that's good information, but also, you know, of our skin tone, we're going to be traveled different, especially in Asia, for sure, right? Right. And uh, especially because, you know, a place where, like, particularly East Asia, like Korea, China, Japan, where colorism is still a very cultural and historical problem, societal problem. Mm. Um, and so uh, I decided to make my old content about focusing on Black travel specifically, what's like to travel in Korea as a Black person. Okay. And when COVID hit in 2020, uh, I got put on, I guess you could say, it's, it's, it's a weird situation. I got put on leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, for about eight months, I was kind of stuck at home, still being paid, though. Right. It's right. a weird situation. Um, and before I went on leave, uh, I came up with the idea. I was like, okay, what's something that nobody's done before, right? And I realized nobody's really wrote a travel guide for black people. Like, I've seen some for, like, solo women, solo black women, solo men travel books, and they're good in their own right, of course. But mm-hmm. I figured, why not do something for overall general for all black people? Right. Black people, like, regardless of what uh, your stats, I guess, you know. And that's where I came through. And now you're living in Korea. What did you used to do, or where did you used to live before you moved? Uh, South Carolina. Oh, wow. that That's, like, that's different. You went yeah. from South Carolina to Korea. Yeah, that's good, that definitely must have been a, a culture shock. How was that when you finally arrived? Um, do you have family out there? Do you live alone over there? I live alone here. Um, yeah, of course, like anybody, we moved to another place that's where you grew up. Uh, of course, there's going to be culture shock, especially going from a place where, like the USA, where it's like you got like a little bit of everybody from around the world, right? Right. Whereas here is Korea is like 96, 97 populations, like literally all Korean. Everybody looks the same, has the same hair, has almost has the same skin tone. So it was complete. Of course, I went through my culture shock of living, not only uh, living another, uh, moving out to another city, but also living in another country on the other side of the world. Right. 
So as far as like the like the place where you live, what about like because I'm a foodie, yeah, and yeah. I like I like to eat, <laughs> yeah. and everywhere I go, I like to try like different things and stuff like that. So was it easy for you to like get acclimated to living there with like the food and the culture? Um, and what's definitely. like the living what's like the living situation like as far as like apartments, houses? Uh yeah, so Korea is with its geography, it is a small country. Mm-hmm. So uh and of course it was geography, uh it's surrounded by mountains everywhere, like everywhere. Um so uh, t- so it's more common for people to live in apartments than it is to have, have houses. Gotcha. Uh, even in major cities, too. Like, you'll probably more find people who have apartments than houses. So basically, over here, it's like uh, buying an apartment is like buying a house in some regards. They get a loan and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. For a nicer, you know, premium upscale houses with more room, of course. Um, but uh, food-wise, yeah, Korean food is excellent. Uh it's really hard to recommend what's the best thing to eat because I don't know because everybody has like may have food allergies and unfortunately uh, South Korea and really many Asian countries, uh, food allergies. It's just you got if you're allergic like nuts, seeds or sea or um, seafood, shellfish. Excuse me, you're gonna have a hard time here because a lot of Korean ingredients could uh, contain one of those following ingredients. Right. So like and of course see, also um, South Korea is not the most vegetarian, vegan friendly place either too. A lot um, of vegetables they do contain like maybe some type of fish sauce or meat based ingredient. Oh, oh, I didn't know that because I thought that like you know, well, obviously there's places where there's more like vegan friendly, and I feel yeah. like now too, like in the the place that we are, I remember I knew vegetarians like way back when, mm-hmm. but now we have so many options like vegan options. There's so many like restaurants that are tailored yeah. to like vegans and vegetarians. Um, are you vegan or vegetarian? No, man, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I probably should start eating more vegan, vegetarian dishes, at least, you know, once, twice a week, though. Um, but it's kind of hard, too, for me. Uh, but, I mean, nowadays, Korea, there is a bit of a trend. Um, Korea is, like, a really trendy country. Like, if something is popular, they're going to go all out. Uh, so you do see a lot more Korean, no, excuse me, vegetarian, vegan restaurants, but most of them are going to be, like, in Seoul, bigger cities like Seoul and Busan. Gotcha. And of course, if you're near the Buddhist temples and such, you might be able to find something uh, that's vegetarian friendly uh, for the Buddhists, because Buddhist monks will eat there. But um, again, mostly you'll, it's going to be hard to find that. So we, you talked about like moving there. How long have you been living there? Uh, time, time recording, six years. Wow. And so six years, that's a long time. When you got there, like, obviously did you learn korean before you got there uh no that was definitely my biggest mistake for sure uh now i know do you have to be fluent in korean to get around no but i do suggest it does help a lot especially learning how to read korean to learn how to read alphabet is pretty easy so that's that'll take a little bit more practice though but um speaking korean of course is a korean is a very difficult language to learn how to speak it does take a lot of time and practice it is possible but uh, I definitely recommend everybody, if you're going to come, whether you're traveling, living permanently, you should definitely learn Korean before you come here. So, wow. Like, I I work with some people that are Korean, and yeah. I feel like the, I, I, I know, like, one word. Yeah. But I'm like, I always think about, like, moving, because I live in New York City, and mm-hmm. um, I'm like, what if I ever decide to, like, move somewhere else? I don't know if I would live in a different country, maybe a different state. But 
I don't even know if I would ever like move out of New York. Yeah. That's like, like, that's I don't know, maybe like this is like, really right just New Yorkers just never want to leave. Like yeah. it's hard for it to leave. Was it easy for you to go when you left? Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I, by the time uh, I was uh, 25, when I finished college, like I was ready to move to my parents' place. I wasn't really happy there. Like I, I was working two terrible retail jobs. Like I was just ready to go. Right. I would suggest. And how's the job market over there now that you're talking about jobs? Uh, now I'm on an E2 English teaching visa. So unfortunately, right. South Korea is not the most easiest place to try to get a job that's not outside teaching English. Uh, there's not many visa, job visas available. Gotcha. Unless you have like a specialized visa, like say engineering, for example, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or like if you're doing like the digital aspect thing, it's not really a thing over here in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, if you get a certain visa, like you can't really uh, do anything else unless you get like say a residency type visa, which you got to apply for. But you yeah. got to make a, but you know, like all countries, every country has its own rules and regulations. And they always change the visa laws all the time. So it can be difficult, especially if you're trying to get like a full-time residency visa. It, they're, they're always changing the rules almost every year. So it's like almost, it can be a struggle to try to start applying for that position type of visa. Mm-hmm. At the same time, also, it's kind of hard to like, okay, no. Uh, the moment you tr- you're ready to start applying for like a residency visa, they can always change the rules at any time. Right. And then what does that mean that you would have to start the process over again? Like you would have to yeah. redo the process? If the Probably, yeah. Thing. Yeah, and of course, obviously, um, of course, if you marry, like, a Korean spouse, then, of course, you have more freedom to do whatever jobs you can you know, do whatever you want to do in terms of, like, look for other jobs that's not really teaching, or you can open up your own business. Uh, outside of that, you can't really open up your own business in Korea mm-hmm. unless you're married to a spouse. Even if you stayed here for like 20 years and you're fluent in Korean, like you gotta have like, I guess, I don't know, it's just, it's one of those rules that like each country has their own rules about like trying to open up a business. Gotcha. So you teach ESL, right? Yes, ma'am. So have you been, have you always been doing that? And how, uh, if so, or if sure. not, um, has it been easy or hard? Like how was it teaching a different language to um, people that don't know? Uh well mostly now I started in the uh, for profit sector of it called working at a uh, the for profits uh tutoring centers called Hogwan particularly English Hogwans ESL Hogwan so uh that has not been the most there's mostly one of the workshops I worked at throughout my first five years now I recently switched over to public school so this one I'm in a really happy position um it's definitely giving you more respect to people who are who are not were whose person whose first language is not English. Now I have a real understanding of that, like why people struggle. And of course, like me, I was that ignorant, yeah, ignorant American, like, oh, why do you can't learn English? Why learn the language? Learn the language, you know. But uh, I think it's like when you leave the country, when you travel outside your comfort zone, it's like you really do learn more things. It's like, oh, that makes sense, you know what I mean? Right. Like you realize, like, oh my gosh, I was being so like this really stereotypical ignorant American. Like I just know any better. Right. Until you're like in the thick of it. Um, yeah, exactly. I deal with a lot of people too that when they come and they see me because I work in the medical field and they sometimes, a lot of them don't know English. Um, yeah. And I try to be as like um, empathetic and as helpful as possible. Sometimes, you know, they come in, my my first language is Spanish. So right. I learned Spanish before I learned English. Um, so I try and help out like my Spanish speaking patients a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. But the other ones, like, you know, my other patients I call, like, interpreter services. And it's it's hard. Like, I don't... I've spoken to people that have tried to learn even Spanish, and they say that it's difficult. I feel like learning a different language, it's just hard. Like, unless yeah, especially you know, as an adult. Especially as an adult. Right. Uh, because, right. Honestly, because um, yeah. Because, like you said, as a kid, like, it's easy. You can pick up much things easy. You have, you have more free time to, like, study and try to learn as you go. Whereas as an adult, like, especially if you've got kids, you got your family got kids and other, bit, other responsibilities, it does make it more difficult to take the time to study. Uh, even for me, like I'm trying now, I'm in a good spot. I'm trying to learn Korean too, but sometimes I got to push myself to actually sit down and pick up the pen and try to, you know, study. Right. I mean, I applaud you for that because I yeah. I've tried learning um, different languages before, and I was just like, ah, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, it's I also the American that weird. Yeah, I think for Americans, it's like. We really don't have much of a drive to learn another language because most of us don't live in a spot where learning a second language is like necessary. Obviously, if you're like New York City, you got many options to choose from in terms of languages. Um, unless you like say live in Portland, Seattle, LA, or near the Mexican border, like Arizona, Texas, is like okay, most of us don't right. really have that much of a center of drive to learn Spanish or another language. Right. Like there's no real push for it because there's no there's not many opportunities to practice it. Right. I mean, like, in, I guess they teach you in school, like, as you're coming yeah, up, but I don't right, feel like, do. I don't feel like it's the, I wouldn't say, like, the improper way, but I feel like it just, it doesn't stick at that point. No, it really like, doesn't. Looking back as, uh, as you know, as, as an adult now, it's like, okay, sometimes I kind of wish I lived in a spot where I had the opportunities to actually really practice speaking another language or learn another language, you know? But uh, it's one of those things, like, when you get older, it's like, dang, I wish I'd done this. I wish I had those opportunities, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I think you're doing a good thing. It's 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 never too late to learn something new. Yeah. Um, you know, I it's it's harder. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it gets true. It's harder to do, but it's never, like, too late. So, like, when we talk about traveling, have you been anywhere else outside of Korea, like, as far as traveling? Uh, my first trip. I would say around seven to eight was visiting my dad. He was stationed in Germany in like the late, uh, late nineties. We'll say, but again, I was that young, so I, I don't really count because I really don't remember it. Remember it. Um, so my official trip, I would say, is uh, the Philippines. Uh, I've been in a few times, and that really opened my eyes up to what real poverty looks like. And don't get me wrong. I mean, yes, we have like really stressed up poverty. Some of this is really bad too. Mm-hmm. But whereas coming like say Philippines or third world country like that, right? I finally understand okay, what the I can't I can't say like uh, our own people like yeah we do have probably we have you know hood and bears and whatnot, but like right. at least there they don't really have much opportunities, right? Whereas in the USA it's like okay true, we have racism we don't have as as much opportunities but we still have a chance to do something we have a chance to go to school and do other stuff you know right. Compared to other places who come from other people who come from third world countries who want to come to the USA, you know, who want to like give children a better opportunity than they had, you know. Right, right. So the Philippines and how yeah. how old? Oh, and now from Malaysia and uh, Portugal and Taiwan. Oh, how was Taiwan? I love Taiwan. I, I've been wanting to go back for years. Um, I went there back in May 2019. Oh, that was kind of recent. I mean, yeah, not too too recent because we're going into. We'll soon be going into 2023. Yeah, yeah. So, Phil, 
give me like what kind of tips and tricks you would give to us um, people of color that are traveling in different countries like Korea or Taiwan or um, things like that. Uh, from a black and brown folk, unfortunately, you're going to get stared at when it comes to when you're traveling in Asia, particularly East Asia, like because uh, a lot of times, most especially in the case of Korea, is most Koreans really never see people who look like us <clears throat> all the time. Okay. Uh, now, of course, in Seoul, I'll say they're not going to go crazy about it, right? Uh, but outside of the big cities like that, uh, you're going to get more and more looks, mostly because these are curiosities. So keep that in mind, because again, uh, most Koreans, if they do, don't really interact outside, outside their own circle, uh, their own circle of friends and family. So that's a cultural thing for one. Also, uh, if they ever do interact with a foreigner, it's mostly a white person, almost always. Uh, even if you look at this. The demographics, like say ESL teachers in Korea, most people, most Koreans, first interaction with foreigners is almost always a white person. Gotcha. So most of the times, and especially you may have heard, you may have seen videos or clips about you know Koreans looking, reacting when you see a black person. That is, of course, true to that statement. Especially me, because I'm tall, like I'm a two meter six seven black man. So of course I get, <laughs> yeah, like crazy. But <laughs> right. uh, now. I can let kids slide, especially like elementary younger, because they're kids, right? I can let them slide. They're young. Uh, obviously, as an adult, too, it's like, okay, you're all too damn old to act like that. Calm down. Right. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's like, so is, do you feel like there's a lot of, like, racism? Yeah, there, there is, uh, especially colorism um, against people of color, especially against Southeast Asians, for sure. Uh, and of course, uh, I would say in terms of racism, it's more ignorance towards people of color. Because if they do get racism, it's mostly, uh, it's not a malice like here in the, in the U.S. It was like, yeah, we just freaking hit you. Like, you know, Jim Corbyn laws at racism, you know. Right. Uh, I would say it's more xenophobia against all foreigners. Uh, especially during COVID times, too, for sure. Uh. Oh. Yeah, the same for ramp did go up high because uh because they always believed that oh it's foreigners because it's easy for Koreans to blame foreigners and stuff when we didn't do anything. Right, right. Uh of course back in I remember back in uh I want to say March twenty twenty one, I recently moved out of Incheon and the government of the province, they told all foreigners they had to get get mandatory testing. And of course all the white people online were starting complaining about how this is racism, this is discrimination, this isn't fair. And of course, all the black people, black and brown folk, were like, "Really?" <laughs> well, I mean, did that include everyone, Koreans included? No, just all foreigners. Guys? Just oh, all foreigners. everyone from oh. Everybody asked South Korea, all foreigners, how to get get to, at the time, how to go get tested. So, do they still have like the mask mandates and stuff like that over there? They recently relaxed their mask mandates. So, uh, back in May, so you can walk around without a mask if you don't want to. But of course, when you're indoors, you still got to wear a mask. Um, in a lot of places. Right. And and they got rid of the QR codes over the summer, too. So you don't have to use a QR code to get into the places anymore. Uh, but you still got to get especially for certain jobs like me. I work in school, so I had to get vaccinated. Right. But uh, I was going to get vaccinated regardless. And I'm glad I did because I got COVID back in April of this year. Oh. Yeah. How I was sure we're back anyway, so I was good to go. Thankfully, a uh, few days, first few days was terrible, but. Thankfully, no coughing this season. Like my Korean coach, she just got COVID. She's recovering from that. 
and she's still she's still having a cough. Yeah, that's so funny because I caught COVID too. I I just caught COVID back in June of this year, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't have a cough at all. Yeah, me, like, me, me too. I had no cough. I had um, I had everything else except the cough, and I was kind of yeah. grateful for that because I'm like, I lost my sense of taste and smell for a little bit too. That was a little annoying. Um, yeah. But as far as the cough, I was grateful because I know people. I know people that have gotten COVID like months and months ago, and they're still mm-hmm. struggling with the stupid COVID cough. Yeah, I think I hope she gets over that soon too. Um, this is just recently too. Yeah, uh, same here. Uh, when I caught COVID, I did have like lock. I was like you know flu like symptoms. I like had lack of energy, headaches. Um, a little bit of drowsiness, but no coughing or seasoning from on my end, thankfully. That's good. How's the um how's the nightlife in, in Korea? Or uh, do Korea you go out? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not me as much, especially because I live in small town Korea. Um mm-hmm. but of course Korea, especially Seoul, Busan has famous for its nightlife. So it's not unheard of people going bar hopping, going to different restaurants. Uh Korea, like when it comes to Korean food. One reason I can't find it hard to dip, difficult to recommend it is because a lot of Korean dishes is a shared experience. So, so you share a meal with everybody. Gotcha. Uh, so there's some really great dishes like dakuri tang, jim dak, but you gotta have people with you. Like there's some restaurants you can't eat by yourself there. Oh. So that would that would make it a little bit more challenging to recommend foods. Wow, that's like you can't go into a place and just sit down and eat by yourself. Well, not all places. Not all places. Oh. Just like you know, the well-known Korean dishes. Um, again, most like something salt, Korean barbecue. Like you gotta have people with you to go there. Right. I heard of the like the Korean barbecue. I'm sure that it's nothing like how we have it here in the states. Yeah. I'm sure it's like much more um genuine, like authentic rather. Oh yeah, people uh, talking loudly, uh, getting drinks, hot speeds around like like beer and soju, and bar and uh, meat. Yeah, it's great. That's cool. And how many hours? How many hours is the trip over there? Uh, it really depends on what party where you're coming from. Uh, from the U.S. So if it, I was coming from New York, let's say. Uh, yeah, I came from South Carolina. That's gonna be about sixteen hours, I think. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's like I driving that to Florida. Yeah. From, from where yeah, yeah. I am. Because Florida is yeah, like yeah, eighteen yeah. hours drive for me. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of driving, you don't really need a car to get around. There's uh, plenty of buses. Um, you, there's also the metro in major cities like Seoul, Gwangju, Daegu, Busan, Daejeon. They have uh, the subway systems. Uh, now, for like smaller towns or rural areas or like the islands like Jeju or Lungdo Island, yeah, the car will may You don't really need a car, but it does help get around easily because in those small towns, the buses aren't as frequent. Like you'll probably wait up to an hour for the bus. Oh wow, that's a long time. That is a long time for an hour. That's an hour yeah. for a bus. Up to an hour, yeah, for a bus to get to your desk to where you want to go to. Again, this is a small rural areas. Gotcha. So, what are your what are your next plans? Are you planning on writing another book? Are you mm-hmm. going to stay in Korea? Are you going to travel some more? Both, uh, both actually. Um, so we keep teaching for Nick, for excuse me for a long time. Also, I'm writing a travel guide for South Korea as a whole right now. Okay. So actually I'm gonna see a Chongguan right now in the southeast part of Korea. 
getting some research done. So I'm about to go out later uh, in the morning to uh, go write some more pictures, take some more pictures, and probably start writing a bit too today in the, on the cafes. Oh, nice. Well, all right. Well, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your book, any information. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find my ebooks, The Black Trousers Guys, Inchon, Inchon, I N C H E O N, and The Black Trousers Guys, Daegu, Daegu, D A E G U, South Korea. And you can find, you can also follow me on uh, Instagram at TikTok at The Blurred, B L E R D, Explore. Thank you so much, Phil, for coming on to Notorious Moms. We appreciate you. Um, oh, and yeah. I hope you have a good morning. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. You're welcome. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye. Mm -hmm.